Welcome, and you're listening to Geekologist Radio 2.0, a division of the Ninja Pancake family of podcasts. solo this week and this week i'm going to dive into the netflix cancellation of all the marvel defender series so far we have luke cage iron fist and now daredevil that have been canceled and sure to come is jessica jones and punisher next as they have finished shooting their respective series uh season three of jessica jones and season two of punisher are done they will be coming out in 2019 and everybody is predicting and pretty much is out there that they will cancel those two series also if you want to get a hold of us get a hold of us at geekologist radio at ninjapancake.com geekologist radio at gmail.com twitter geekologist radio minus the t for character restrictions and please guys like us find us on facebook geekologist radio slash facebook.com join the discord this conversation was brought up in the Discord by several people. We talked about it. We posted articles. We were reading. We were trying to figure it out. We were all frustrated. So I decided that I will jump in here and try to break this down and really look at the root of the cause. Like us and rate us on iTunes or wherever you find your podcast. We're at Podbean. That's our home. Check us out on there. Subscribe to us on there. I'd really appreciate it if we had more subscribers actually on Podbean. And again, follow us on Twitter at Geekologist Radio minus a T for character restrictions. You can find me on Twitter at Nick and PDX. Go ahead, hit me up with some Marvel news. If you have something, I've seen more stuff come out about different ways maybe the Defender series can continue. But I'm not going to really jump into that because so much different stuff has come out. So for us to kind of understand why Netflix is purging itself from all things Marvel and Disney, we have to kind of go back about a decade ago to 2007. Now, Matthew Arrow from Screen Rant wrote a pretty good article about it, and I'm just going to kind of pick a few things out of here about that. And that is in the Marvel Studios in 2007, Avid Arrow was pushed out as Ike Perlmutter and back David Massell during disagreements between the creativeness. Now, can these three guys have any easier last names? I don't think so. The result was that Massell became the chairman of Marvel Studios while Kevin Feig was promoted to president of production. Now, Feig began as a comic and film fan working his way up alongside Richard and Laura Schuler Donner. His history with comics with I'm sorry, his history with comics saw him grow from a production assistant to his current role at Marvel in a relatively short time. And it was ultimately his vision and leadership that saw the MCU come to dominate the box office. I mean billions of dollars because it can't be. So in twenty fifteen, Feig removed Marvel Studios from Perlmutter's control and began reporting directly to Chairman Alan Horn. Of Walt Disney Studios. For us to understand this is that Perlmutter's background is business and that often put him at odds with Kevin Feige and more things that had to do with the creative control. Perlmutter's conservative tendencies are said to have held back films like Black Panther, even changed Iron Man's three villain from a female to a male, 
And regardless, Feig found it increasingly hard to work with Perlmutter and leveraged his success to get out from under Perlmutter's thumb and thus remove Marvel Studios from the Marvel Entertainment banner. See, that's important to note that MCU Universe is Marvel Entertainment. Marvel TV is Marvel Studios. S.H.I.E.L.D., Runaway, Agent Carter, the Defender series on Netflix. This is all underneath the banner of Marvel Studios. Now, like with film rights, Marvel sold various TV rights over the years. Only a handful of live-action shows were actually created, but with the popularity of MCU and Marvel Entertainment, Marvel's and Marvel's purchased by Disney, television seemed lucrative. Of course, they're going to start making live-action stuff. That is the trend. ABC, which is owned by Disney, launched S.H.I.E.L.D. in 2013, and it seemed like just an easy move to put Marvel series on ABC. Now, from there, Marvel TV expanded with Agent Carter, various shows within the Netflix Defenders universe, and Runaways on Hulu. By the way, Runaways on Hulu is amazing. I mean, it's one of the best Marvel series out there. A lot more people should be watching it. Now, beside the fact that each Marvel TV show alludes to the events from the film, the movies have never really returned the favor, and, and there's no real sense of connection between the sets of media, and it's kind of just left up to us, you know, fans to theorize. And that is because Marvel t Entertainment does not need Marvel TV to succeed. Now, in Daredevil Season 1, they did mention the events that took place in New York, the destruction of New York, from the first Avengers movie. They tied in the MCU so the audiences would have a connection. A connection that was not needed going further forward with season 2 or 3 of Daredevil. And that was the best news is that they kind of detached themselves after that. After they realized that the audience would definitely hang in there. And they didn't need a connection with the MCU to be successful in the Marvel TV uh, Defender series on Netflix. Now, a writer that I like from Rolling Stones, Alan Spinwall, he took to Twitter after Daredevil was canceled and he had a few choice words about this quote the execs have already said do do not want these shows on the disney streaming service and even if they did the nature of their contracts would be virtually impossible they're done really harsh words he went to point out there's a crucial difference between marvel studios and marvel entertainment like we discussed them and behind the scenes drama that led the split with the two companies well the one company but they split into two Back in 2015, the Disney Plus Marvel shows are all being made by Marvel Studios, who do not like or get along with Marvel TV execs who made Daredevil. See, that even gets it even more diluted. So Marvel Studios, which we said is different than Marvel Entertainment, didn't even get along with the people that made Marvel TV and the execs with Marvel TV. It's, it, it's kind of insane. He even says that the drama behind the scenes is, quote, is so sad and hilarious. While technically, possibly, Marvel Studios could make Daredevil season in a few years' time, Spinwall sub, uh, suggests that it would be like a recasting thing, like Andrew Garfield with Tom Holland and making a whole new character, which would be so sad because we've established Daredevil in, se in three seasons. And I'm going to mention Daredevil a lot because that's the one that's really the stronghold out of the Defender series. I love Punisher and I love Jessica Jones. The other two series, when they got canceled, I wasn't too shocked. Now, Daredevil Season 3 cancellation, or the cancellation of Daredevil after Season 3, 
was a shock to the showrunners. And there's several quotes out there from different showrunners on the show. And actually, Marvel TV was shocked themselves that Netflix actually went ahead and canceled it. Uh, this is from showrunner Eric Olson. And he had to say, sometimes a gig is just a paycheck. We were lucky. It's so much more. There was something magical working on Daredevil Season 3. And we all felt it. He also had tweeted out after Daredevil Season 3 and Luke Cage and Iron Fence had already been canceled. People were worried about Daredevil being canceled. So Eric kept on giving fans updates. And so he mentioned on Twitter that he had submitted a script for Season 4 of Daredevil. And they had a direction they wanted to take these characters. And because of that, I'm just really disappointed they didn't get a chance to do, do that. And this Season 4 never materialized. Now... Is this all because Disney new streaming service will launch next year? And the answer is really convoluted. It's yes or no. Now, Netflix pays money to produce Marvel shows, but they don't own the IP. Those shows have clear and consistent branding to Marvel Studios. So when Disney Plus service starts airing other Marvel shows tied to popular films and Marvel series on Netflix, it will service as a de facto advertising for other Marvel shows on Disney Plus. So if you had Daredevil Season 4 being launched next year or the year after on Netflix, but Marvel obviously is putting out a Loki series, it's kind of advertising the Loki series. That makes sense. So it's just free advertisement on Netflix to go over to Disney Plus streaming service to watch their new streaming show. So in that way, then the Marvel Netflix shows we're about to become a marketing and streaming service that directly competes with Netflix. Likewise, Disney is going to pull all their content from Netflix. So Netflix will generally lack a relationship with Marvel's parent company and will be losing a lot of popular content that transitions over to the competing Disney Plus service. So in that case, if Netflix kept making Marvel shows, then they would be producing content owned by someone else that would serve to drive consumers to a competing service full of content that's taken away from Netflix. So in that context, it's not hard to already see why the business decision to cease production of Marvel shows is a logical one for Netflix. It makes sense. Like it or not, it's a reasonable and fair position for the company to take, even if it means fans are upset. Now, this brings us to a bigger point of kind of how Netflix works. And that is Netflix keeps complex detailed stats on their consumers and their viewing habits and the production of programming at Netflix is keenly based upon understanding the data and translating it into meaningful, successful decision making. So if people are not watching the shows, they won't create the shows. But that's not the case here. People were watching the shows. Netflix has proven masterfully at this process and it's important for understanding why their decision to stop making Marvel shows. Fan base that is viewing the Marvel Netflix shows is sizable. Even if it was declining from one season to the next for each of the shows, declines were not even enough reason to cancel. However, instead the real answers lie in their data and stats about viewing habits of the fan base from the Marvel programming. The viewers who watched the Marvel shows were all also overwhelmingly likely to be regular audiences for other Netflix original programming. In other words, the Marvel shows were not attracting and serving a particular audience that wouldn't otherwise be absent. They weren't losing subscribers because of the Marvel shows or gaining subscribers because of the Marvel shows. People that own Netflix own Netflix. It's possible the Marvel shows might initiate a lot of those viewers into watching other Netflix original programming. But regardless of the past benefit these Marvel shows supply for the streaming giant, nowadays Netflix was spending money to create new seasons and shows, movies. So the Marvel series, what it meant when it first started, doesn't mean that anymore on Netflix. 
Netflix is creating so much different content. I mean, one of their biggest shows like Mindhunter, Stranger Things. There's so much different shows that can carry the Netflix banner. It doesn't really need the Marvel series of Defenders to bring viewership to Netflix. Now, on the cancellation of Daredevil, this is Netflix's response. While the series on Netflix has ended, the three existing seasons will remain on the service for years to come. While Daredevil character will live on in future products, future products, and future projects for Marvel. Now, I'm going to continue with another statement, and this statement is from Marvel about Daredevil. Marvel is extremely grateful to the huge audience that love Marvel's Daredevil from the moment of young Matt's first act of heroism to the birth of Paige, Murdoch, and Nelson. It has been an unbelievable journey, and we're incredibly proud of the amazing showrunners, writers, and cast. And they go on to mention everybody that's involved in the show. And says, we look forward to more adventures with the man without fear and the future. Now, the best guess we can have here is that Disney owns 30% of Hulu. Not Hulu, Hulu. The best theory I could find to keep the Defender series alive, and this is out there everywhere, and especially Daredevil, is that Disney owns 30% of Hulu. The Runaways are already on Hulu. And it could possibly, we could see in this future, the Defender series over at Hulu. I don't know if this will be happen. I don't know if Hulu will pick this up. Several different companies own Hulu, but Disney does own 30%, and they are putting their own content on there. And as the Rolling Stones writer, uh, Alan Spiewal, says they do not want these series on Disney Plus streaming service. So Hulu might be the best place for these series, which I would be extremely, extremely excited for. But who knows if that's going to happen or not? Who knows? But overall, we have to be happy about what was provided to us from Marvel and Netflix. I mean, all together, we had over 8,000, almost 9,000 minutes of Marvel superhero television. And then we have JJ season three coming up and Punisher season two coming up. We'll have you know, 9,500 minutes of Marvel television, of heroes that we love. So on that point, we have to be excited and thankful that this actually happened because this is a big feat to actually happen. I mean, to get two seasons of the Iron Fist, I mean, come on. Now, a lot of, I've, I've watched so far every single Defender series on Netflix, sometimes twice, especially Jessica Jones season one. Um, some of them I like better than the others, and I think that comes across with most fans. Punisher season one, Rotten Tomato. 93% audience, 66% critics. It was overall really liked. I love Punisher. Daredevil season one was 99% on Rotten Tomato. Just, I started off the gates with Daredevil, and it started the Defender series on such a high note. And then Jessica Jones came out in season one, and was 93% on Rotten Tomato. Fans love Jessica Jones season one. I love it. I love it to death. Kilgrave is one of the best villains you could ever have, right alongside William Fisk. Now, Daredevil Season 2 came out, and it was 78%. It dropped down a little bit. I still love Daredevil Season 2. Introduced Punisher to us, which gave us John Berthall as Punisher, and you gotta love that. Then we had Luke Cage Season 1 that came out, and Luke Cage Season 1 came out at 94%. Now, I remember Luke Cage Season 1. I remember watching it and going, man, do I like this or do I not like this? And I avoid scores for this reason because I don't want to be swayed in my head, and I remember just thinking, I don't really care for this so much. It ended well. I just, as soon as Cottonmouth was killed off, it really took a turn for me. And I was disappointed, I think, from that point on. Now, this is where things kind of took a turn. And this doesn't have to do with any reason why Netflix is canceling the Defender series. Iron Fist Season 1 comes out. 
37% critics, but had a high audience score of 74%. Now, I want to jump into Iron Fist Season 2 right now because it had 56% critics. And I liked Iron Fist Season 2 a lot more than I liked Iron Fist Season 1. A lot. But the audience score was only 72%. See, that just shows me that Iron Fist Season 1, the audience was compensating because they knew it was bad, but they didn't want it to be canceled, so they gave the people were voting for it. No, it's good. It's good. No, it's good. They're telling themselves that, and it wasn't. Iron Fist Season 1 was not good. And after Iron Fist Season 1, 37% critics, they gave us, finally, Defenders. Season 1 of the Defenders. We got all four of our heroes together. And this was exciting. A lot of people were looking forward to this. 77% critics, 75% audience. Now, I couldn't have been harder on this this show than anybody else. A lot of people loved it. I really disliked um, Kristen Ritter, Charlie Cox are fantastic. I thought they were great in it. I thought it was really hard to bring all those characters together. I mean, there was an episode, I think it was episode 8, where they sat in the police station for like the whole episode of Misty Night and trying to figure out how to escape and what they should do. And they finally, they do escape, but they're heroes. But the whole time they're walking back and forth and talking to each other secretly without the police hearing them. It was ridiculous. Anyways, I digress again. So after the Defender series, we got Jessica Jones Season 2 at 82%. Now, Jessica Jones Season 2 is kind of a tale of two halves where you have the first half where you have kind of the alcoholic private eye who's trying to figure out where she goes from here and takes on different cases. And then the second half, you kind of find her diving into her past and discovering her mother and what happened in the car wreck and it takes off from there and i really enjoyed the second half then we get punisher season one which is 93 percent of the audience since i already mentioned the daredevil scores I'm just talk about punisher real quick and that's john berthal he is punisher to me his mannerisms the way he talks the way he moves i loved it i can't i'm so excited for punisher season two so we have all these great series that came out again over it's going to be over nine thousand minutes worth of marvel tv and most of it is really good so from there we cannot be mad about what we got and most of it's really highly rated i mean live action tv series that are highly rated and good with good acting good characters it's it's tough to do and we got it let's look forward and see what netflix has on the horizon for us what do they have for us going forward hero wise and i don't know if a lot of you guys have heard of mark miller a lot of you guys should have heard of mark miller but going forward, Netflix has a huge and growing library of other amazing original shows and films to focus on Netflix. But soon they will launch their own superhero universe in collaboration with Mark Miller, who is the best-selling author of Wanted, Kick-Ass, love Kick-Ass, Kingsman, love the first Kingsman movie, second one, uh, okay. But in his years at Marvel, he also wrote The Old Man Logan that was inspiration for the last Wolverine movie titled Logan. He was the author of... Behind Civil War, that was the biggest Marvel-selling graphic novel of all time. What did I just say? Marvel's biggest-selling graphic novel of all time. I think I just jumbled all that. Now, Mark Miller brings us new characters. From an impressive set of titles including Jupiter's Legacy, American Jesus, Empress, Huck, and Sharky the Bounty Hunter. Hmm. The IPs will be developed as comic books and adapted into live-action movies and TV shows. So it's going to be three movies and two series. And then more shows and films will follow. So if you look at Mark Miller and look what he's done, he's a best-selling author. He's written so much incredible stuff. I have not seen any of this stuff because it hasn't been produced or made. 
but Jupiter's Legacy, American Jesus going to be made into a TV series, while Empress, Huck, and Sharky the Bounty Hunter will be movies. That's amazing. New content for us. New characters for to just dive our teeth. Dive our teeth? Sink our teeth right in. And I'm looking forward to it. I, I, I say give him the reins. Let's make a whole new universe that we can have on Netflix that won't go away. That we don't have to worry about the struggle between Marvel Studios, Marvel TV, Marvel Entertainment. Let's not worry about it. We have a guy that's going to be in there and he's going to stay there. Now, on the Disney side of things, we do have a lot to look forward to in 2019. The Disney Plus streaming service is going to add two live action Star Wars series, which we've talked about on this podcast. Also, live action series for Marvel characters, including Loki, Scarlet Witch, Winter 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 Soldier, and several other characters to be announced. See, this is all fantastic stuff for us to look forward to. And great new content on both sides of things. So we have a breakup here. And one person's going to get the dog. And the other person's going to buy a new dog. Netflix is buying the new dog. Disney's taking their dog. So we are losing Defenders. Maybe. We mentioned Hulu. Let's just throw that out there. Possibly could happen. But we are gaining so much more new content. And this live action stuff. I'm a grown man who grew up with these characters. I love the world I live in right now. Where I can turn on Thor and watch three different movies of Thor that are all great. Sit down with my child and watch these. Now, let's just hope the savior will be Hulu, like we mentioned, and will be continue the stories of Matt Murdock, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Punisher. Okay, fine. Iron Fist can come too. I'm actually really looking forward to if Iron Fist continues from season two, because at the end of season two, it looked like it was going to be like a tag team duel between Danny Rand and Ward. And they're like, they're just going to run off in the world and kick ass. So that would have been amazing. I'm actually looking forward to that. And I was really down on the first two seasons of Iron Fist. I just didn't care for him. But my opinion doesn't matter. Let's just continue it. Everybody root for Hulu. We'll see if that comes. And we still got the Disney Plus streaming service coming out in 2019. We have the DC streaming service with Titans on there. Titans is fantastic. We've reviewed half the season so far. When that is over, I'll review the rest of it. Netflix has so much original content, and we're going to get a new superhero universe. I'm so in favor of this. Let me get something fresh, new. I know it's not going to go anywhere. Does this character belong here? Does it go to this MCU universe? Does it not? Are we going to mention that? We don't have to worry about these things anymore. We don't. It just it is what it is. It is what it is. Mark Miller is going to be in Netflix. That's what it is. I'm saying a lot of stupid things here. So, guys... This is just a little mini episode. Damien is moving this week. He moved into a new house with his lovely wife. Didn't have internet hooked up yet. So I had to record on my own. Other people got hung up on other things. Family comes first. We are a podcast of parents. And family 100% comes first. But I love doing this. And I appreciate you guys listening. Join the Discord. Join the Facebook page, like it, give us five-star ratings on iTunes, like us, review us, say something bad about us, I don't care. Get on the Discord, talk to us about what, how, what other things you guys like, and we can shape the show that way also. This came up this weekend, so I decided I would break it down and see what, what is going to happen with this. So guys, you can find us at Radio at ninjapancake.com, Radio at gmail.com, and on Twitter at Radio. Minus the T for character restriction. Come on, Twitter. Give us some more characters there. All right, guys. This is Nick. This is a show breakdown of Netflix and Defenders. And this week, we are out. <laughs>